Amen. Thank you. Uh, Haley, you put the pressure on. You said this has really been wonderful so far. Uh, I was like, oh. So, yeah. So, if we goes downhill, I apologize. But they're coming back for the last song, so we'll, we'll, we'll finish on a good note. All right, our scripture today, it's, it's really longer. What, what did I end up cutting it to, Ashley? Nine? Okay, I think I'm going to go to seven. Okay. Our scripture comes out of uh, Luke chapter two, beginning in verse one. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree as census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census took, uh, that took place under Cornelius or Quinus as governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee of Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the house of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. So we're talking today, if you saw the titles, about the substance. The theme for today is the substance of Christmas. Um, and as we go through this process, you know, as I, I think I've Talked about last week how watching these commercials and the holidays and, and it's kind of these vague references uh, that we've just kind of lost the substance. There's a lot of presentation around it, just like our, our, our presence right here. You know, they look beautiful, don't they? Um, ribbon, gold, red, there's nothing in them, right? So there's no, there's no substance. They look pretty but there's no substance. And as we read that story, that section of the book to the kids, we see that, that the Grinch was very confused about what Christmas was. He thought if he could get rid of all the stuff, the, the toys, the presents, the food, the festivities, that, that Christmas couldn't happen. And so he had gotten it mixed up the, the, the presentation of the holidays with the substance of what Christmas really is. And I th was thinking about this as I was working on this sermon this week. If um, the Grinch looked down into our Christmases, would he see the same thing? Would he see that we're big on presentation, but the substance isn't really there? I mean, we have the festivities, the holiday parties have already started, there's different things going on, and, and we say how busy we are this time of the year, but where, what percentage of that has to do with the fact of what the substance of Christmas is, and what percentage of that is presentation? You know, we, we've all, well, maybe, we've had situations where we've been at a at a um, holiday dinner, 
Christmas dinner, holiday dinner, whatever you want to call it, and the table is immaculate, the presentation is wonderful, and everybody's mad at each other, right? Or somebody got too drunk, or, you know, something, something's going on that really, it's, it, it's, the presentation looks great, but it's, it's not what you think it is. Do you ever have those candles? I have, I have one in there that's a pipe candle. It smells like a pipe. But they also have those that are like food. They have like an apple pie cam- candle I saw in the store the other day. And you walk in, if it's a really good cam- candle, you smell this apple pie. You walk into a house, it's like, oh, someone's cooking homemade apple pie. That sounds great. You smell it. You think about it. But when you say, okay, can we have some pie? There's no substance. It's just, it's a fake. It's empty. And we have to be careful that that's not describing our scripture. You know, in our scripture and and our Christmas, in our scripture, God makes clear in this story, if you read on, the first people that come are shepherds. Um, It's a unwed teenage mother in, in a manger outside, couldn't even get a room. So there is... Nothing spectacular about this presentation of Jesus coming into the world. God was going to make sure that we didn't mess up the substance and the presentation because there was no presentation. It was about as simple as it could get. And even when Jesus begins his ministry, does he get the elite, the powerful, the religious? No, he just gets regular working day people. Just struggling. Sometimes... Prostitutes, sometimes tax collectors. He gets people that definitely don't have a great presentation. He's not trying to sell them on, on some uh, shiny, alluring religion. He, he is all about substance and grace, mercy, forgiveness. And Jesus talks to the religious people, the Pharisees. He's constantly stra- uh, correcting them. Telling them, you know, you guys are just putting on a show. You know, when you pray, go into your closet. Don't go stand out on the street corner like one of those Pharisees who just mumbo-jumbo trying to impress people. He, he gets on the Pharisees and the religious leaders about this presentation, about their phoniness. As it's, at the same time, he's trying to teach us about the substance. It's the spirit of the law. Jesus is ushering, they had the letter of the law, and when they realized after the Old Testament, they couldn't couldn't live it out. They couldn't be righteous enough. They couldn't be faithful enough. And so Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, at the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, in the beginning of the New Testament, Jesus says, you know the law, do not murder, but I'm here to tell you that starts in your heart. Adultery, lust starts in your heart. All actions, all of our outward sin, if you will, begins here. That's the substance. And that's the substance that Jesus came to transform our hearts and our lives as a result. It works from the outside in. That's the problem with the law. It governs from the inside out, and it depends on us 
being righteous and faithful. And that plan's never going to work. But with Jesus, it talks about, here comes the light of the world. We read that last week. To bring life and to give us salvation and the ministry of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians tells us, that we are reconciled to a pure and holy God through Christ, that our relationships, our hearts are restored. And our relationship with God is restored through Christ. That is the substance of what we celebrate, of what God was doing into the world, the light that pierced the darkness, and the darkness did not overtake it. That is substance right there. And sometimes I just, we have those times when we come into Christmas where it's just all presentation. And you got no meat. You know, the Lord has blessed me that I have, I'm, I'm kind of forced for a substantive Christmas Eve. This happened since I've been in ministry that most of the time, all the churches I've been to, I think the first one, we didn't really have a Christmas Eve, but I have a Christmas Eve service. And uh, with my wife's family and my family now, Christmas is a big deal, and especially with her family. So they all get together. Well, depending on what size church I was at, sometimes we'd have three Christmas Eve services, mostly two, maybe in the beginning one. But they would come at the earliest they could get, and so they could go down to the lake on Christmas Eve. And I obviously have to stay till the last service. And so it's always, depending where I was, it was an hour to three to two hour drive. And that would always be sometime, I wouldn't get out of there probably till 9.30, 10 o'clock. And at the beginning, I always, I kind of felt sorry for him. I said, oh, I'm missing Christmas Eve and my family's, the, they don't love me. And that I, but now that's my favorite time of my entire holiday. I drive through the country. There's really no traffic at that time of night on Christmas. It's empty. All the lights are on. There's, there's Christian music. There's Christmas music. And it becomes a time of deep reflection because I come right out of Christmas Eve service hearing the, the story of the birth of Christ. And it's a time of deep reflection about what this really means. Now, God kind of forced me into it, but now I would miss that if I didn't have that, because that's the most substantive part of my Christmas, and it makes all the presentation that much better. But especially in these last, these last years, last year and a half, last two years, as I began to think, do we do this with Christmas? Do we get caught up in the presentation so much and we're so busy with that that we, that we lose the substance, the, the true meaning of Christmas and what we celebrate and who we worship? But have we done that with church? You know, is it just an organization? A lot of, a lot of uh, churches, you can't tell. It, it, it could be a, a community center versus a church. And so we have to be careful that that's our tendency to be caught, to, to be gravitate and allured by shiny, the shiny things of this world. And if we're not careful, 
we will always be distracted by the presentation. And we'll work so hard on the presentation that we'll forget the substance. Now, we all have different part, um, different personalities. You know, there's all kinds of things, you, examples that popped in my head. Papers, right? When I was in seminary getting my master's, I had to write a bunch of papers. I was very good on the substance, the theology, the psychology, depending what I was, what school, what degree I was going for. But when it came to grammar and punctuation, my presentation was not very good. So I would just write this deep thought thing and say, here, Des, clean that up. Because she's very good on presentation. I've, I've interviewed a lot of people for churches. And there's some people that got hired by the committee and because they had the best interview, the best presentation. And then, I think it's far enough, I don't know what the standard is where you can start talking about past stuff, but... Uh, I, think, I think I'm safe down here. We hired this children's director at one of my churches, and great interview, great presentation. First month, she missed three Sundays. And, and I say, well, yeah, you got to be here at church on Sunday. I, I didn't think we needed to spell that out, but I kind of assumed. But again, but so you get the point. We can, we can get fooled by presentation. And we got to make sure that, you know, that's not what our church is. It's just because, because that's when you have shallow roots. Right? That's when the storms come and the thing, and you, and you just get taken away. Because church is good, but it's all about Christ. That's why we're here. You know, it's about transforming lives and hearts and healing you know, I, I used to tell people, when I was a, wasn't a Christian growing up, I used to think church was a dry, sterile place to be. And now that I'm a pastor, I still think that. Or it can be. But if you have a church that's filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's about transforming your lives and being sanctified, as Wesley would call it, and growing in the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ, there's no better place in the world. But if it's just a church of presentation, who would go to that? I wouldn't go to that. That'd be the last place I would be. It's all about the substance. You know, there, there's just like everybody, pastors get wore out. And it's not the big stuff. I was just having this conversation with somebody last week. It's not the big stuff, the funerals, the crisis, the relationship issue, the count. That's not the big stuff. You're ready for that. God pumps you. It's the little, I call it the Chinese water torture. Right, just a little blip, blip, you know, just things. I was meeting with some pastors this week, and we were talking about, oh, the color of the carpet or the color of the walls or some big thing that's not a big thing, and they come at you, you, know, you just finally break one day. That's, ah! But that's because if, but if that's all church was, I wouldn't be a pastor. But I've experienced it. I've seen Christ through the body of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, lives transformed. People reconciled in their walk, in their relationship with God. And when that happens, that makes all the other stuff worthwhile. And that's what we're talking about. 
But if we, but if we begin to let, we're going to get distracted by the presentation of life. You know, we can just get caught up and get so busy with the presentation of life and forget what's substantive about it. I did a funeral for a gentleman three years ago before I came here at Genesis, and I didn't know him very well, uh, but he had stopped coming because of health issues. He was older, and we had visited a little bit, but I didn't know him very well. But it was more of a Holy Spirit thing. When I was reading his obituary, he said, he always said, and he was known for saying, the only thing that matters in this life is what you do for Christ. As I thought about that, I said, that's true. And I've just, that's always stuck with me. And if you think about it, uh, we, you know, Bill Gates and I, when we die, we're going to own just as much stuff as each other, right? We're, we're going to be exactly equal when it comes to the things of this world. It's only going to matter is, where am I with Christ? Where am I going? That's the only thing that matters. That's the only thing that lasts for eternity, to be able to let God use you to help somebody else be reconciled to God or walk closer to God. That's the only thing that's going to last. That's the only thing that means anything. As I've prayed about this and prayed about this, I've been, and this might sound a little extreme, but it makes me feel good. It puts my heart in the right place. It's a three-part prayer. I pray, I am nothing without Christ. I have nothing without Christ. I need nothing except Christ. And that just puts me where I need to be. And it lifts me up. And it gives me joy. Because that is the ultimate substance of my faith. Only Christ. In the Reformation, that's one of the five pillars, Christ alone. And so we have to make sure that we are not allowing ourselves to get caught up in the presentation of Christmas. But remember the substance. In our scripture, as I said, there was no big presentation. There wasn't anything ostentatious, and it wasn't the powerful and the elite. It was just a little teenage girl, the guy that she's promised to, out in the nighttime being greeted by shepherds. It wasn't about the presentation. It was about the substance. It wasn't about a thing. It was about a who, what Jesus Christ and not just Christmas. Let's not make church just a place where we go fellowship and have coffee once a week. That, that's part of it. But that's not the main part. The main part is that we're being transformed from the inside out by the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of the body of Christ. It's a place that we can come in out of the junk of the world and say, I'm loved, and I love. That's, it's got, that's why church, you know, before the pandemic, pandemics caused a lot of problems in churches, 
um, probably it'd be amazing to hear the stats just countrywide how churches have gotten cut down. But even before that, our culture was becoming less and less Christian. And you've heard me say this, this is my soapbox. It's because when they came, they didn't see how it was different from the world. They saw division and backbiting and politics and bureaucracy and, and they're like, oh, I can get that anywhere. Why, why am I, what, what's different? We have to be different. And the only way we're going to be different, if there's substance in the person of Jesus Christ and the transformation of the world of people by the power of the Holy Spirit, if that's our mission, if that's our goal, if that's what's taking place, people are going to go to that. They're going to gravitate to that because it has substance. So, just a warning. We're easily distracted by the shiny things. But Jesus said, store up your treasures in heaven, not in earth. The things here, they rust, they fade, they change in the end, mean nothing. But the only thing that matters, the only thing of substance in this world and for eternity is what we do for Christ. Let us pray. Dear Lord, as we come to your table, I pray that this holy sacrament would speak to each one of us about the substance of what you've done, the reality of your death, and crucifixion, that you might be raised to new life. And for all of those that would believe in you, they too would be dead to their sins and raised in new life to be reconciled with a pure and holy God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.